This episode is sponsored by the Live Alcohol Experiment, a 30-day science-based and compassion-led journey where you learn to develop a healthier relationship with alcohol without relying on willpower. Why? Because the truth is that willpower runs out. Instead, you learn how to focus on what you gain, not what you give up, so you can feel good about the decisions you make without shame or guilt. With the 30 days of video training, virtual daily coaching, and a private and supportive community, you get that and so much more. Join us today to get happier, healthier, and to take back your life. Your live alcohol experiment starts on the 1st, so sign up at livealcoholexperiment.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to the Snake and Mind podcast. And I'm here with Rena. Hi, how are you? Hi, Annie. I'm good. How are you? So good. So good. So, why don't you sort of take me um, back to the beginning in your relationship with alcohol? How how has it been for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I find it so interesting because people always start with when you know when they had their first drink, and I actually can't even remember having my first drink. <laughs> That's so weird. Um, but I do have these like memories of being quite young, like 12, 13 and like my best friend and I, you know, going to my parents' bar fridge and sneaking some of their like cider and drinking that in my room. And, um, and and that was like, and the memories attached to that was just always like, you know, intimacy, fun, connection, um, doing something naughty. And that's what alcohol I think did for me from such a young age I was quite introverted and shy um you know socially awkward like I suppose all teenagers are but you just don't know it you think you're the only one and um and yeah alcohol was just this this instant way of getting rid of all of that social uh fear that I had and it connected me to this bigger group of people who I in my eyes were so cool and we were all drinking um, it gave me this instant you know circle of broader friends um and and it was just you know such a such a strong connection with fun and and just letting my guard down from such an early age and that was kind of like my whole teenage years would go out partying you know sneaking out drinking um I actually have no idea how I managed to finish high school you know I was just um not there most of the time I you know would show up to exams not even knowing what you know subject we were writing that day so just completely derailed me in school and somehow managed to pass and got into university and um, in university that trend kind of continued along and by this stage I was working in a club and uh, would work three or four nights a week and we were like encouraged to drink behind the bar with customers and we would have shots and by the end of the night usually we were so intoxicated we couldn't even you know we were laughing that we couldn't even cash up the till um and in South Africa at this time you know you could kind of just still get away with driving home in that state and so like now it blows my mind to think about it but how often all of us would drive home and you know it was like a 20-25 minute drive um and looking back at that I'm just so grateful that nothing more serious ever happened to me or anybody else at the, that stage um which is kind of a miracle in and of itself um and then I uh you know got a degree miraculously and um ended up moving to Australia just to live and work here and see um what that would be like and that was kind of a bit of a lifesaver for me because just that change in environment um really helped to settle me down 
and I, you know, I was got really focused on my work. I was sponsored. So I really wanted to do a good job. And, you know, I love the country. I wanted to stay here. So I kind of threw myself into work, which was great. And just because it was harder to drink, you know, and, and be so reckless about it here, it was much more expensive. It was much harder to get home. Like you definitely could not drive intoxicated. You, you know, had to take public transport. And because I didn't know where I was, I was much more, uh, aware of uh, of being safe um, and pubs and clubs just closed a lot earlier here as well they would close at 12 or 1 o'clock so you just couldn't get to that extent where you were there still 4 5 6 p.m or a.m <laughs> p.m um, so uh, things calmed down a lot for me then which was um, really amazing and then I also met my husband at the time and he was another kind of calming peaceful influence in my life um, he wasn't a big drinker you know, um, that really grounded me. We would stay home more a lot. Um, and I'd still have like, you know, weekends where I'd go out with work friends or, you know, once or twice during the week. Um, but I was nowhere near to the levels that it had previously been. And so yet again, this kind of confirmed to me that, hey, this is fine. You know, I've got this under control. It's all good. You know, my life is under control. And um, then we got married and we fell pregnant so quickly. <laughs> like literally, like must have been the night we got married. <laughs> And um, that was such a huge blessing. And I was so happy, you know, easily stopped drinking. And, um, you know, nine months later, had our beautiful son. And that just kind of threw me completely off guard. Um, like I was did not expect the experience that I had, you know, I had this beautiful baby, I was so happy, but he was just um, very colic, like cried mm. a lot um did not sleep at night <laughs> you know and I was completely completely overwhelmed and um I you know a couple of months in I was just like how is this so hard like you know I was just look, looking at everybody else and just thinking everybody else is managing this you know everybody else seems to be fine like why am I finding this so hard and looking back I, back, I can see like I had this like really strong aversion to asking for help like I was super independent um and I you know never wanted to be an inconvenience on anybody else and so I always wanted to um just do everything by myself and I was looking at this just going like why can't I do this you know every day was just like I was trying to survive that day and then um that's when that five o'clock habit kicked in so I would start to pour a glass of wine at five o'clock and for me that was like the first time I was self-medicating because, and obviously didn't know at the time, for me, it was just like this massive, it felt like this sigh of relief, you know, where it was, I made it through the day and this is my reward. And I knew my husband would be coming home soon. I'd have a little bit of help. And then I'd gear up to, you know, do the night shift again, <laughs> you know? And then that morning I would wake up feeling awful, uh, not having slept, hungover, and then like crawl my way through the next day but somehow just started looking forward to that five o'clock more and more. Like that was the thing that was like going to get me through this time. And it just, it, it grew so quickly. It was like one glass, you know, two glasses. And then pretty soon it was like a bottle of wine most nights of the week. Um, and then I fell pregnant with my second child and she was, um, she was planned, but again, I thought like this was going to take a year or something, but it was like immediate, um, fell pregnant immediately and this time like I had this uh trip planned to South Africa where I was I had been looking forward to this for months it was my best friend's one of my best friend's weddings 
I was going to be bridesmaid. The kids were staying, well, the, my son was staying at home. Husband was staying at home. It was just going to be like, I was going to let my hair down and, and really enjoy it. Um, and then all of a sudden I was pregnant. I was five weeks pregnant. And I was like, I can't believe this. And instead of being elated, you know, I was upset. And in my mind, I was just like, and I'm so ashamed of this. You know, it's still really hard for me to think about it because in my mind, I was just like, well, just going to go and I deserve this. You know, it was the whole I deserve it thing. And I'm just going to go and enjoy this time and then I'll come back and I'll be pregnant. And it's like I tried to park it in my mind. And I went to this wedding. It was a week. I drank. I did not enjoy myself. This was the first time that I drank and I enjoy myself because I was like in my mind, I couldn't park it. It was still always there playing on the back of my mind. And, um, you know, I came back and I embraced my pregnancy, but that was the first time I really realized like there's something wrong here. <laughs> like this is not, this doesn't feel good. This, you know, like I chose alcohol above my child mm -hmm. and that stayed with me. Um, but as soon as she was born, I went back to the five o'clock habit, you know, back to drinking every day. And, um, but this time it was different. Like I didn't enjoy it. Um, you know, I, this is when I started to like really start to moderate, try to moderate. I was, you know, with terrible <laughs> results, um, you know, and I, I tried, you know, everything. Like I was, I was back in, you know, attending church regularly at this stage, um, I would do fasting and prayer and, and, you know, could, could abstain from everything except alcohol. And it just more and more confirmed to me that there was, that this had a much more of a hold on me than, than I, I wanted to admit. And I was also realizing, you know, all of the, the consequences, like how I was feeling, my mood started to deteriorate. Like I was so snappy at everybody all the time. Um, I had no energy. I was so resentful in the mornings, having to wake up at five o'clock in the morning for the kids, you know, everyone was just like, oh, you know. Um, and then of course there's all these other things that are happening that I didn't even know was related to the alcohol. Like when you, when you talk about the 3 a.m. wake up, you know, when I read that in your book, I was like, what, that's alcohol. Mm. Um, so, so many other things I didn't even know was related. Um, and you know, my moderation rules was like on weekends and I would only have the little tiny bottle of wine and, but that never worked. I would just always end up having more. Um, and then I think that last year of drinking, you know, was miserable. I, I, but at this stage, the last year before I stopped drinking, I did not enjoy it at all anymore. Um, yet every day I was still doing the same thing and I couldn't understand it. I felt like I was insane. Um, you know, it's I I didn't even get a buzz anymore I would just go straight into I would drink and then go straight into having a hangover before I even went to bed I would start getting a headache um and I was just like why am I still doing this you know this is not making sense at all I just couldn't fathom it um and so that last year was absolute misery like and that weekend I still remember the weekend before I stopped um I drank the weekend and I just woke up like it was a long weekend here in Australia Queen's birthday and I woke up on a Tuesday had to go to work felt just crap and I was just like why you know something's got to change here I've got to do something different 
And before that, I tried, you know, getting a Christian counselor. I was really looking for an answer in the church, you know, because that was like, uh, but nobody was talking about it. Nobody was talking about it in the church. Everybody else was drinking in the church, similar to me. Um, and I was so ashamed, you know, I thought that as soon as I would talk to somebody that they would send me to AA and I was just like, I had thought about AA and I just thought like everything else in my life was going so great. Like I'd been promoted at work, you know, um, I basically had my dream job, uh, everything at, at home was going okay. It was just like inside of me, things were crumbling and by this stage, like I was so preoccupied with thinking about alcohol. It was almost like every thought of the day besides being at work was consumed with thinking about why did I drink? What's happening with me? When am I going to stop? How am I going to moderate? How am I going to control this? And then I, you know, I think that was the scariest, just noticing, starting to notice how it completely consumed me. Um, so that Monday, Tuesday morning when I woke up, I was just like something had shifted in me, I think from that year of just <laughs> noticing that alcohol was dragging me down in every single area of my life. And it's so like, you know, that confirmation bias that you talk about is so like, so interesting because I, in all of my searches that I did, I never like saw you or your book or anything like that. Not even Quitlet. I must have been so narrow, <laughs> you know, in, in, in what I was able to, to, to perceive at that time, because I really believe that AA was the only choice that I had. And, um, but that morning, you know, because I think something had shifted, I didn't know what I searched, but it must have been different than usual, or maybe I just never noticed it before. But um, your book was the first thing that came up. And your subtitle was, you know, control alcohol, find freedom, discover happiness. And to me, like, even just reading that subtitle was like mind blowing. I was like, you know, because I had such a strong belief at that stage that I had gotten myself into this terrible mess and that I was actually just going to keep drinking until something really terrible happened. And hopefully that made me change. But I was still miserable thinking about that because I think I was like, even if I do change, I'm just going to be missing drinking for the rest of my life because that's what happens when I don't drink. And so I, I felt very hopeless at that stage and just like seeing that subtitle that that somebody had drank for decades and they had found found complete freedom was like just this little spark of hope that I really really needed at that time I was just like what this is even possible <laughs> you know people have gone through this and and found freedom and um downloaded your book and just basically consumed it in like two days um didn't drink that day didn't drink the next day and I listened to the audible version like two or three times then I downloaded the you know alcohol experiment audible version then you know I just consumed it over the next couple of weeks and I didn't drink and the more I listened to it it was so interesting because it was like it was like that experience that I had that previous year of knowing that I wasn't getting anything out of it anymore but then the I still had those beliefs you know and the book just shining the light on those beliefs and, and the way that it dissected it and made so much sense and my experience that I could then bring in that I had had um, to bring it all together was just like, bam, bam, bam. It was just like instant change for me, um, you know, and I know that doesn't happen like that for everybody. Um, but for me, it just made so much sense. 
Um, and, and obviously my beliefs about alcohol was very much substance related. <laughs> it was all about substance and society and, you know, the, the social aspect of it, like how we, um, how we have fun and connect and everything. And, and that was, you know, the book just helped me through that immediately. And then, so after that, I just, I never drank again. And I was just so elated. Everything in my life started to just get better beyond anything that I believe, believed could be possible previously. And it's so interesting because we think it's just alcohol, but it's, it's so much more. Everything in my life lifted. It's like this veil lifted and, you know, physically, you know, health wise, um, mentally, you know, just having that clarity, having my mind back, having my thoughts back, um, you know, spiritually, there was like this blockage. And I just felt that, you know, all my desire was for alcohol. And then that was lifted. And I was just spiritually open again, you know, everything improved. And I was able to three months after I stopped drinking, I resigned my job. Um, I was like, I couldn't even see it when I was drinking. But you know, after such a short period of not drinking, it was so clear to me that this job, which I loved, just didn't work anymore for me with, you know, my life circumstances, my family dynamics, you know, my priorities, my values. And I was never able to see that. I don't think I ever would have let it go had I not stopped drinking. Um, but it was so easy for me to let it go. I was like, huh, it just doesn't work for me anymore. <laughs> and so resigned my job. Um, and I spent uh, quite a bit of time um, just with my family and, and really like, you know, absorbing that time with them. And then, um, yeah, a little while later, um, I came across the opportunity to like, you know, there was a video from you inviting people to uh, become uh, this Naked Mind coach. And when I saw that, it was just like, I had butterflies in my stomach. I was just like, wow, this is what I want to do. Like, this is just um, how, like, this is my passion. I just, you know, because I'm so grateful now for that, that time that was so hard because I can see now that even though it was so hard, it was creating in me like this huge compassion for, you know, people who are in that space um, you know, just compassion for myself looking back and, and just the, the contrast of that versus life now, you know, you, you, I think the greatest gift of all of this, um, is just that, that you have that contrast and the gratitude that comes from that is just immense. It's like this, this constant underlying gratitude. And, um, you know, I used to hate the mornings. I used to hate waking up and just knowing, oh, here we go again. But now I love the mornings and, you know, waking up feeling good. Like it's just this constant ever overflowing like gratitude. You know, I remember particularly one morning when I was, I was probably, you know, in that three, four month mark after I'd stopped drinking and I was having a coffee outside and I was just like looking at the trees and it was beautiful. The sunlight was like hitting the leaves through the trees and I just just noticing it and I was just like overflowed with this joy and this gratitude for you know being able to see that um it's like when I was drinking drinking I couldn't even see it you know it was so um it was so bizarre to me but you know now whenever I see that I'm reminded of that and 
it's just um yeah an incredible an incredible gift and and the, the kind of gift that keeps on giving and keeps on getting better oh my gosh that's that's so amazing i i had a similar moment of walking outside of my grandma's house one day and just looking at the trees that i'd seen like hundreds of times and just looking at the trees across the street and having them be just quite kind of fluttering and it was just a moment of nature that you would have passed by and just realizing like wow this is here right here like in every moment in every space there's so much life and so much light and so much beauty and it was as al alcohol had turned my brain off to it or somehow numbed me from it so I just couldn't see it and now stuff like that happens all the time like if I walk you know from my house to my office it's always like a slow walk that's so full of like wow is this for real is this is this you know looking up at the sky I remember my friend Holly when she was new newly not drinking she just posted an Instagram photo of looking up at the sky and be like we get to live under this you know where has this been because you just know <laughs> so much with alcohol <laughs> it's so true it's so true and then it's it's all around and it's in the littlest things you know it's just like the you just notice like your kids playing and the laughter and the little moments in between and you're like wow this is just so much joy here you know and I love it in my gratitude practice I actually reflect back in the day so I think about like at the end of the day, I think about all the moments of my day and then I think what there was to be grateful for. And that practice is like now when I'm in the moment, it all comes to life in the moment. It's like there's just so much to be grateful for every single moment. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's incredible. It's a black and white contrast to that last year when I was like literally in this tunnel and I couldn't see any of it. All I could see was this misery of, am I going to drink today or not? You know? And I think that it, it's almost as if, you know, a switch has gone on and then you can see things so much differently. And you have this moment of recognition that if you were in a dark room and you couldn't really see and you saw a spark, right? You would be like, oh my gosh, it's a spark. It's a tiny little light. And so you'd get so obsessed with that spark. But somehow when you're looking at that spark, the lights have come on all around you, right? There's a huge flame behind you that you can't even see until you stop looking at the spark. And so if the spark is a drink, once you, once you put that down, you can look up and look around you and be like, it wasn't even dark in here. Like, this is beautiful. Yeah. I've been missing it all because I've been so focused on this tiny little light instead of, you know, the brilliance that's kind of all around me. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, when I learned from you about how alcohol does that to our brain, like alcohol literally hones you in on it, <laughs> you know, and, and dumbs down your brain. So you can't even feel like the, the, the light all around. You can't even see it. I love that way of saying it. Like alcohol literally hones you in on it. So mm. you become totally unaware of what's great all around you. I remember similar to what you were telling me in your story, but times when there would be amazing things happening and all I could do was just wait until 
the drinks came out, right? Like it would be that we were having so much fun doing something outdoorsy or hiking. Or I remember I used to be very into backpacking and camping and backpacking would always be such a dilemma for me because camping, you could just bring your beer, you're driving, but backpacking, you had to carry everything on your back. And I'm like, well, it's heavy. What are you going to do? And so there was no way that I could carry a bunch of alcohol with me and not really start to question my drinking. So I just wouldn't, but then I wouldn't go backpacking, something I'd love to do because I didn't, I, I didn't want to have to carry the alcohol. So like, I just, you know, let it fade away kind of. That's so true. I love that. When <laughs> you have to consider like the weight of all the booze you want to carry, but that reminds me as well, like, you know, with that, with that, how it takes away from, from every, every connection, everything, because like one of the reasons that I that I started drinking and that drinking was so prevalent in my life is that was that connection and that I thought it really you know helped me to connect to people and to relate to people and let my guard down but then towards the end there was like no people even around me it was just me and the alcohol <laughs> you know and and hopefully nobody interfered with me and the alcohol you know get out of my way um you know and that was even even going out was was a problem because then I had my say something silly or do something that I regretted or you know maybe I couldn't drink as much as I wanted or people would watch me and so it it became completely the opposite of connection it was just like the the ultimate disconnector it's so bizarre how that happens right because we start drinking socially we start drinking because, oh, this awkwardness that I felt sort of went away. This is great. And then all of a sudden we feel like we can talk to people easier and we feel like a little bit more of ourselves even because our inhibitions are lowered for a minute. But then as it progresses, you realize that actually what you're doing is you're just trying to get away from people so you can drink, right? Like just trying to be like, okay, at least for me, it became, like you said, a super isolating experience where at first it was masquerading as this connecting experience. Yeah. I'm super impressed that you would even consider still going camping at that stage. (laughs) So how, Rena, how has like social life been for you? Oh, well, that first six months, so I said three months, um, and then I resigned from my job and then another three months I had to work before I actually finished work. But that six months, as the universe would have it, you know, my job was in any case very social. So, you know, I was managing a small team that I, that we would go out a lot. Um, there was lots of client uh, dinners, you know, there was like a very boozy golf uh, day where everybody was having shots at every single hole. Um, a booze cruise, you know, taking clients to like a little island where everybody's just drinking the whole day. And this all happened in that first six months of going alcohol free. And it was really interesting because your book had switched the light on for me. I wasn't, I wasn't even, it was not even an option for me to drink at those things. So I wasn't like, maybe I will, maybe I won't. It was just not an option because I was like, alcohol is shit. (laughs) Um, And so I had to go through those experiences alcohol free and I, you know, I, I, I focused on the food. I focused on, um, you know, like I was nervous as hell because it was like I'd never um, even let myself experience any of that, any discomfort before without having a drink in my hand. Um, and so it was brand new territory and it was mind blowing, actually, like 
I actually just always thought that I was not a confident person, that I was just didn't really enjoy um, socializing that much, that I needed alcohol to socialize. Otherwise, I didn't really like it. Um, and that was so not true. Um, you know, when I, the biggest thing I learned was that after about five or 10 minutes, after that initial awkwardness of, do you want a drink? No, thanks. Sometimes why not, you know, freak out. But um, after that, within myself, I started to relax and I actually started to enjoy it. And I started to really get into the conversation. I found I was really interested in people. I love chatting to people. I love finding things out about people. I could remember their names, <laughs> you know. I felt like on cloud nine because I was actually really enjoying myself. I remember one Christmas party, uh, well, the Christmas party before I left. And I kind of really didn't want to go. I was dress up. It was a huge thing every year. They flew everybody in from around the country. And I was just like, it's just going to be a really boozy thing. I just, I don't really want to go, but I, you know, I had to. And so I went, we went into the hotel room, all the girls were getting dressed together. The champagne was flowing. I was like, no, nah, thanks. I got my kombucha. And then I started to enjoy, you know, the girls, the conversation. I was still having fun. We went out, we danced at the Christmas party. I had so much fun just dancing and like completely letting my hair down, completely alcohol free. The endorphins were pumping like halfway through the night. I sat there going, I feel like I had something to drink, <laughs> like because I was in such a natural high. I was actually like, I wonder if somebody spiked my drink or something, but I know it hadn't. But I was just really enjoying myself. But the difference is I left at 11 p.m. You know, I went home. I had a good night's sleep. I woke up. I had the best day with my kids the next day. And I, I was just like elated. I was just like alcohol for a fact took would have taken so much from that experience like it was the last time I would have seen everybody from work I would have for sure overdrank. I would have for sure done something stupid or at least fell or you know at least at the very minimum being, being very hungover the next day and ruined that whole next day with the kids um probably would have cried or done something really you know embarrassing and alcohol would have done nothing but diminish that experience it actually like proved to me that like I did not need it at all. It it, um, it it literally just numbs the whole thing down and and it takes away from it. And I would have been focused on the drinks. It's such a powerful moment when you realize when you've gone through a few social experiences without a drink and you've gone into it, not, you know, you can't go into it thinking it's going to be horrible because then it will be horrible. Your brain will instantly be like, confirming it will look for all the reasons it's horrible if you just have that mindset but if you just go into it curious like it might be horrible it might be great I don't know and then you come out the other side realizing that wow that was great or even that was good I remember feeling so empowered as a person because I was like wow I thought I needed this substance and I don't I actually can show up and be myself and it works and I felt that with writing and creativity. I was so certain that I needed the substance to be creative or the substance to be good at something, good at networking, good at socializing, good at writing, good at, you know, and then when you realize that actually existed inside me this whole time, it becomes so empowering. Yeah. The confidence that comes from that is amazing. Because then you know, and you become so aware of your, your feelings as well. You're like, okay, here is that awkward feeling. Here's a little bit of anxiousness, you know, or excited anticipation, you know, but whatever that is, you, you're so aware of that. 
And what I loved is, is learning that you can actually learn some very simple strategies and tactics to help you through that little bit of awkwardness. And then again, you're empowering yourself because you've got you know, tools, you've got things that you can do in that moment. And you're learning, you know, often for the first time, like it was for me to navigate these things out of your own knowledge and strength and, and, you know, showing up. And there were many like social occasions that I didn't enjoy, you know, don't get me wrong. They weren't all like fabulous. And I sat through them and I was kind of like, but, but with that curiosity was so important because I was just like, huh, that's interesting. Like, I'm really not enjoying this conversation or I really want to go home and I was so aware of feeling tired because often I would um, feel you know drained by by social situations if I was with a crowd that you know required a lot of like effort um, and that was draining to me and so often I would drink because I felt like it gave me energy to keep going through that and so I was just so aware of maybe feeling tired and and kind of accepting that and and then you know leaving early and and but there were there were nights that were awkward and all of that but it was still every single night when I walked out of there and woke up the next morning it was just the best feeling knowing that hey that was a bit awkward but I still did it you know I did it alcohol free and I feel amazing this morning and I know who I like to spend time with and who I don't, like what I like to do and what I don't, like all the experiences aren't just the same anymore. There's nuances to it. And there's, there's so clearly things that I like now and things that are not for me. Whereas before I would have just said yes to everything because it was all numbed out by, by drinking. Yeah. I think that when social experiences don't go great, right. And you're like, Oh, well, your brain can start to play tricks on you all must have been must have been the drink that was must have what made it fun and if we don't question that thought we can get ourselves really stuck because I think a better thought is all right so sometimes socializing without alcohol is amazing it's great it's better than anything you could have expected sometimes it's a little bit awkward and you feel out of place or you feel tired or you want to go home early which is totally fine and then you realize you're happier at home anyway maybe maybe your body like needed a rest maybe you didn't want to socialize but in those moments where it's not great instead of creating this false belief that oh well it would have just been great if i was drinking I think a better question is like, okay, well, let me just be honest with myself. Like, which problem do I want? Do I want the problem of being drunk over drinking, you know, kind of ruining the social experience in that way? Because that's a predictable outcome of when I drink, I'm not just going to have one or two glasses of wine. Or do I want the problem of it being awkward sometimes, you know? And if you really think about it logically and unemotionally and with your prefrontal cortex, you actually realize like, oh, I would actually like the problem of dealing with a bit of awkwardness and then going home early than I would with the, the outcome of me drinking in that occasion. That's so true. That's so true. And even the, you know, the, the most dreaded occasions, um, I'm, I kind of like just now approach with that curiosity and just like, okay, if I don't, if I don't enjoy it, there's nothing wrong with that. It just means that I don't enjoy it. And you actually, that's one of the greatest things about this um, experience is that you just get to know yourself uh, sometimes for the first time ever. You know, you know what you like, and you know what you don't like. And that's that's pretty awesome. You learn how to say no because you actually just don't want to go <laughs> because you know that you won't be able to numb it out. Um, 
And that's a beautiful thing. I love the idea of like, if I don't enjoy it, it's okay. Like if I, if I go out and I'm not drinking and I don't enjoy it, it's okay. Like not instantly jumping to, it's not okay because A, I have to enjoy everything or it's not okay because alcohol was obviously the best thing in the world. And now I'm totally deprived and missing out. But more this idea of like, I might not always enjoy, like I remember realizing that I did not enjoy going out to dance clubs and we do it all the time as adults with kids, but we just leave them and go out with coworkers for some reason to these dance clubs and it would be loud music and some places because it was always international still you could smoke and it was just you couldn't have conversation the only thing I really love about socializing or the thing I love the most is the conversation so that was eliminated but when I stopped drinking and I didn't enjoy that anymore my instant reaction was to think oh something's wrong with me and and it's it's so not true. Like it is okay not to enjoy things. And we just don't give ourselves that permission. That's so true. And, you know, the other thing is that with that's with those social things, it's like, it wasn't, you know, all great. Like there's some people that specifically work people that I would go out with and because I wasn't drinking, they felt awkward around me. And I noticed that I was like not getting invited to things anymore, you know, with some people and that I fell off the invite list, you know, and that really bothered me for some time. Um, But the more that I've kind of sat with that, like the more and more okay I am with that, you know, on one hand, I think like, hey, that's a good thing. Like it's, if it's making them awkward, like maybe that's, that's making them think about their relationship with alcohol and one day maybe they'll come back to me and, 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 you know, they'll remember that, that I stopped drinking and they'll, you know, reach out to me and ask how, like, Hey, how did you do that? So I, I have lost some friends, but I've also gained, you know, 10 times more friends through this whole experience, just through all the communities, the connection, and the connection is so different. It's such a real, like, you know, me showing up who I really authentically am and people's like unconditional acceptance. And it's just a whole different level of connection that I wouldn't trade for anything um, in the world. I love that, that idea of like alcohol-free to alcohol-free connection when you get past the awkwardness and when you allow it to just be like, okay, we're going to figure each other out or you know, take a minute and ask some really good questions, get to know each other. But when you get past that, the level of connection is so much deeper and it's so much more authentic. And you're both showing up as like your real true selves and feeling more accepted. And then, you know, the outcome of that is is really what we've been looking for in the first place. It isn't these, we don't want as human beings, this fake connection over alcohol where we barely even remember what was said. We certainly didn't really get to know the person any better because we can't remember the stories they told us. And we might've like, you know, been uh, crying on each other's shoulders when we got too drunk, but in the next day, neither of us remember why or what exactly happened. Like, it's just such a surface level connection compared to how connection can be when you aren't drinking, you know, which is so cool. Yeah. So true. I love that. So let me ask you the the two questions I want to finish up with, which is, first of all, where can people find you if they want to learn more about your coaching services and, um, you know, seek you out? Yeah. So um, my uh, coaching business is called Alcohol Freedom. They can find me at alcoholfreedom.com.au. 
Um, and yeah. Very cool. And then let me ask the final question, which is if you were going to go back in time and, you know, talk to yourself that was stuck and struggling about what life is like now, what would you tell her? Wow. So much. I wish I could just give her a big hug actually. <laughs> but I think, um, two main things come to mind. And the first is that, you know, have a little bit of hope that there is actually a path to freedom and that it doesn't have to be, you know, misery or misery. There's a third way. Um, I think would have, would have just shone a little bit of light in that journey. And the other would just be to, you know, listen to the podcast because just hearing other people's stories would have made a tremendous difference for me. Um, just because I, I, I was so convinced that my journey was so unique and I was so alone and that nobody else, you know, had the problem the way that I did. So I think just hearing other people's stories and, and being connected to like, you know, other people have been there, they've gone through it. It looked so similar. Like we can find so, so much, so many similarities in other people's stories when we listen to it. Um, I think just, just having listened to that would have, would have helped me a lot just to know that I'm not alone I'm connected and there is a way out yeah I remember just literally before I kind of did my own research to write this naked mind and when I was first thinking about just the inklings of oh my gosh maybe I need to look at my drinking maybe I need to stop and how scary that was and I remember just like desperately clinging to when you'd find out a celebrity was sober or somebody who you knew had a real life didn't drink and just being like, wow, it's possible. Like people can actually survive this. I mean, literally that's how it was for me. Like it's going to be okay. And just the knowledge that one other person was able to have a happy life without drinking was so affirming to me. And then to come on the other side and realize, well, it's not, it's not just surviving life. It's such a significantly better, more present, more powerful, more joyful life than ever was when I was drinking. So true. I, I don't even think you have to believe that it's possible for me. You can just simply believe like it's possible. <laughs> like me just knowing that it is possible for, for people, like maybe something's possible for me was like such a huge shift from, from, okay, something really bad's got to happen. And then I'm, you know, going to have to take it one day at a time for the rest of my life, you know, and, and the miserable outlook that I, that I had at that time. But yeah, just that, huh, it is, people have been there and it's possible. That's huge. So huge. Well, Rena, this was just awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, on. So much. Annie, thank you so much for your book and for everything that you do, because like it has, changed my life so significantly I can't even begin to thank you to <laughs> like just tell you like what a huge enormous impact you have had on my life so thank you so much for everything that you do oh thank you so much I really appreciate that 
Hey, I'm so excited because we are literally just about to start another live alcohol experiment. And if you don't know about the alcohol experiment, you need to literally drop everything right now and go to livealcoholexperiment.com. Here's the thing. This is a 30-day challenge and it's designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You'll know it's that version that's living the most joyful life. That version that doesn't need alcohol to relax or have a good time. And that version that's having more fun and is more peaceful than ever. Again, it's just a 30-day challenge. It's live every single day. It's starting on the 1st, so hurry up. Join me at livealcoholexperiment.com. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.